0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm just going to say uh, a simple prayer uh, before I begin. (laughs) Father, I thank you for this opportunity, Father, to be used by you. To bring forth, Father, the knowledge, Father, and understanding of healing, Father, and how it is How it is of your will, Father, that you put it into me, Father, for me to get it and understand it first, Father, so that I can give it to others, Father. And I pray that each and every person at the sound of my voice, Father, as your Son, Christ Jesus, be through me and the Holy Spirit is upon me to do this thing for you, Father, that they will receive, Father, what I have to give to them, Father, in Jesus' name. And may, Father, their hearts be prepared as I pray that you would do, Father, for them, Prepare their hearts to receive so that the seed, Father, that comes forth can be planted in good soil, Father, and that the enemy will not come and try to steal it, Father. Guard their hearts, Father. It is needed, it is necessary, Father, for your children to receive this message tonight. May they receive all of it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So this is Healing 101. And the first way to start um, to receive anything, not just healing, but just everything that the Father has for you, you have to change the way you think. So this is Healing 101, repent. So one of the dilemmas we are facing in the body of Christ is, excuse me. It's accepting sickness and disease as if it is the Father's will for our lives. We don't know the Father's will pertaining to healing. This is why it's easy for the enemy to come and whisper things, whisper lies completely um, different from what the Father had to say. It's not that we lack knowledge, we lack truth. You can have knowledge, but it not be the truth. We make up excuses for accepting sickness and disease. We say foolish things like, he's teaching us a lesson. He's preparing us for the next level. He's building me up to make me stronger. This is my persecution or simply it's not my time to be healed. Even worse, we will tell people who has faith to be healed these same excuses as if we, the ministers, cannot bring forth the healing as if it is us that's actually doing the work. Another excuse is is sin. We won't be healed until I break this generational curse of witchcraft or pride, unforgiveness, lust, whatever. The question is, when did Jesus address any of these things when he ministered healing to the believer and unbeliever? Now, do you honestly believe that these people that he healed, and he healed them all, was without sin? That Jesus only healed those who were already made whole? Of course not. So just like everything else regarding the kingdom, to live in divine health, you must repent. Change the way you think about healing and sickness. Now, disclaimer, because I am so passionate about this, I may come off a little bit strong with it. There's different ways people express their passion. Some express it um, in an angry way, like Black Lives Matter, justice, er, er, right? And then those who express their passion for something like, um, let's say, decoration, they love to do it. It brings them peace and joy. So when I speak about healing, it's of that manner. Yes, it's ours. I love it. Thank you, Father. But when I speak about sickness and disease, it's with anger because I hate it. (laughs) I hate it. I hate that Satan caused us to be sick. I hate him. I hate the kingdom of darkness so when i speak in matters of that it's going to be with an attitude but please understand that attitude is not against anybody but satan so right now before i even go deeper into this i rebuke the spirit of offense in the name of jesus please don't get offended So, to be okay, hold on. So, to be healed is the easy part. Accepting that you don't ever have to accept another sickness or disease ever again, that's the hard part. Which is why the changing of your mind the way you think is very important. Jesus didn't bore all sickness and disease for nothing, it wasn't a temporary thing, it was permanent so that we won't have to. So there's a reason that John and Jesus preached repent. It was because the kingdom of heaven was near. This is coming out of Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 through 2, and Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. As we all should know, there is no sickness or disease in heaven. Where a father is, there is no sickness or disease there. Therefore, our father do not want it to be in his kingdom here in the earth as well. And where is the kingdom of God? It's in you. The kingdom of God is in you. So therefore, a sickness and disease should not be in you. He wants his son's kingdom to mirror his own. So if it's not accepted in heaven, if it's not normal in heaven, then he do not expect it to be accepted or normal in his son's kingdom. So I will teach you on natural and divine healing. Both are good, but one is superior, which is divine healing. Natural healing has many limitations to it, unlike divine healing. The only limitation to divine healing is believing that there are limits. These limitations recreate ourselves. These limitations are sacred cows, traditions, superstitions, and just plain unbelief, which I will briefly touch on tonight because this is one-on-one, so it's not a deep teaching. So natural healing is limited by the nature of this natural realm. What you have faith in regarding the natural will work for you. It may not work for somebody else. But when you have faith in God, it works for everybody. I didn't say it works for anybody. I mean, everybody. It works for anybody. Let me get that correct. It works for anybody, but it may not work for everybody, because those who don't believe, it won't work for them. So our first scripture for tonight is, Mark, chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. And it says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes. They will, they sh- if they should drink anything deadly, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will get healed. So this is a guaranteed thing. So if your faith to be healed is not that strong, it's okay. Find somebody whose faith is. Be like the man with the son who the man with the man who had the son who was vexed with an unclean spirit. We all know the story. He brought his son to the disciples, and the disciples couldn't cast the thing out. So he brought his son to Jesus. This is coming from Mark chapter 9, verse 21 through 24. And it says, so they brought the boy to him, him, Jesus. When the spirit saw him, Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into convulsions. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth, which kind of sounds like a seizure, honestly. How long has this been happening to him, Jesus asked the father. From childhood, he said, the father said. And many times it has thrown him into the fire or water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can, (laughs) if you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately the father of the boy cried out, I do believe, help my unbelief. So what he was saying, the father is, is that I believe to a certain degree. Can you meet me where I fall short? We all have believed and trust God with partial faith, yet the father always come through. He works with what you have, amen. Rather you have your own faith or a third party faith, that somebody else having faith for you. Faith is needed. It is the kingdom currency. So if you find yourself in a situation where you're dealing with something, you don't have to be sickness and disease, but just whatever. If you know that you're not fully there with your faith, all you have to do is pray and ask the Father to help my unbelief. Don't give up, because he will meet you where you are. So we all know, at least we, we hear it be taught that faith is kingdom currency. And I happen to find this, this scripture because I was kind of questioning that. Like, how is faith, you know, kingdom currency, right? So Revelation, Revelation chapter 3 verse 18 says, this is Jesus speaking. Now he, he told John to write this to this particular church. And it says, I advise you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you may be rich, white clothes so that you may be dressed, and your shamefulness, your shameful nakedness not be exposed, and ointment to spread on your eyes so, you, so that you may see. So the question is, what exactly are we supposed to use to buy anything from Christ? What is acceptable to Christ, to buy something from him? The only thing acceptable is faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please the Father. So if you want something from the Father, from the Son, you have to have faith. That's the only way you can access the kingdom, period, is through faith. So this is Healing 101. So let's start at the beginning. Repent. The kingdom of God is near. We must change the way we think. Now, of course, You don't have to change the way you think to get healed because, again, you could be healed from somebody else having faith for you. However, you must do so to live in the the divine faith, to have it every day, all day, (laughs) and not just one-time thing. That's living with the mindset of a child of God, renewing your mind, never believing, never believing that you have to accept sickness and disease again. Why? Because it's just not normal. That's not our norm. It's the world's norm. I'll get to that part. So the next, the next scripture I have is Luke chapter 18, verse 16 through 17. And it says, Jesus, however, invited invite them. Let the little children come to me. Don't stop them, because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Hmm. So as I read that and putting this message together, the Holy Spirit kept showing me my son, Papa. He's a baby, but he's a toddler. And... As any toddler would do when they want their parent, they lift up their hands a certain way. They don't open their hands like this. They don't open their hands like this, like, mommy, daddy, they bring their arms up. And this is why we should raise our hands when we praise and worship, because we asking the Father to come, I need you, pick me up. And we receive that way. The child entered this world not knowing anything they learn as they grow. They don't reject any information you give them as the parent until they come across new information that's different from the information you gave them. Then a the child may question, but you have to stay consistent because truth never changes. So the father will never tell you something different than what he's told you before. He's the truth and he stay consistent with that. So as we are born again and become a child, we must receive the word like a child and not reject it. This can be difficult because we don't lose our memories when we're born again. The mind isn't wiped clean. We have to purpose in our heart to change it, to change the way we think. And remember that uh, we also remember every false and ungodly belief, every superstition, every tradition, everything that was put into us. We remember all that. So testimony. (laughs) When I first started hearing apostles teaching, when I first came down here, and he was teaching me, or should I say, having conversations with me about God being our father and sonship, never heard that. Like, I hear people say, oh, we all are children of God, right? <laughs> but he actually broke that down. And so it was so new to me that I was rejecting some parts of it, like, too good to be true. Yet, it was so fulfilling. It was filling a void that I already had in me because I lost my father. So he goes and he mentioned to me about the Lord's Prayer and how that's not actually a prayer, that it's actually a structure of prayer. Blew my mind because that is something that I would say every night before I go to bed faithfully. And I said it so much that I, I would be fearful that if I didn't say it, if I happen to die in my sleep, <laughs> I will go to hell because I didn't ask the father to forgive me of my sins. So I asked God, should I say, because I didn't know him as a father. But yet the prayer is say our father, not that I should looked at him as one. OK, so when he brought that to, down to me, I was like, oh, my God, I mean, I'll teach my kids that prayer. That's the only thing I knew to say. <laughs> so I decided I decided that I know nothing. I don't know anything, so I'm just going to empty my cup of what I thought I knew, and just learn it all over again. If it, what I knew was right, cool. If it wasn't, I mean, great. <laughs> I'm learning truth now. So I truly advise everyone to have to do that. If you haven't done it already, just do away with everything you've ever been taught regarding the God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Because it's hard to tell. The difference between the appearance of salt and sugar—it looks the same until you taste it. Your old mind is full of both, which is another reason to just change the way you think. To change everything, just start fresh, and it's okay to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. Do that. I mean, I like I said when I first started hearing his teachings and getting this revelation, I'm like, no, I don't know. He would ask me, "How do you pray?" I'm like, I don't even know how to pray. <laughs> I thought I did, but I don't, I don't even know how to pray. You know. And he would ask, you know, what's the difference between salvation and being saved? I'm like, no, I don't even know that either. (laughs) I thought I did, but I don't even know. I don't even answer no questions. I'm just just receiving. I'm just learning. (laughs) Um, The next scripture I have is Luke, chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. So while they were traveling, he, Jesus, entered a village. You are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. So I say again, empty your cup and place yourself at the feet of Jesus and learn from him. Stop learning from other means. This is the right choice. When it comes to anything and everything regarding the kingdom, receive the word as if you never heard it before. Don't let the old, spoiled knowledge compete with the new new knowledge. Interesting thing. (laughs) Look what Jesus had to say in Matthew chapter 9, verse 10 through 13. It says, while he was reclining at the table, in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came to eat with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples. Now, right there, they're just rude and very disrespectful, that they would ask his disciples this question regarding him and not speak to him directly, just like they completely ignored that he was right there. And so they asked the disciples, what does your teacher, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Now, when he, Jesus, heard this, he answered, because he's the only one who can answer that question. The disciples can't answer that question. So Jesus answered the question and said, it is not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I love his, I love how he talked to them go and learn what this means i desire mercy not sacrifice for i didn't come to call the righteous but sinners in other versions it says to repentance he called them to repentance not the righteous the the interesting thing is that no one was righteous everybody was sinners the point that jesus was making is that he's only called those who know they are sick Therefore, in need of a doctor. There are people who are, they have fear. They have pride. You know, they're trying to keep things to themselves. They don't, they want to, they, some don't even want to admit that they're sick, and some just trying to hide it, period. But Jesus is saying, I am here for those who are in need of me. If you don't need me, then, <laughs> I'm only calling ones that do need me. And he said, I need you to repent, change the way you think, give me your mind, give me your heart, and I will give you mine. Therefore, when I heal you, you will not need to be healed again. Because this time around, you operating in me and I in you. Divine health is the children of God's portion. Jesus Christ. He is the great physician, and you have to understand that if he can heal you, nobody can. No one, nothing, no action, zip, nothing, if he can't do it. You have to make him your only option. So honestly, that's the only option that comes with guarantees and no side effects. <laughs> no addictions, no overdoses, no death. He brings life. (laughs) My next scripture is James chapter 5, 14 through 16. And it says, is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. That's not up there. And the prayer offered in faith or the prayer of faith will make the sick person well. Well. The Lord will raise them up if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Now that's if doesn't mean that the sickness that they have came from sin. It just if they happen to sin that they could be forgiven too. <laughs> he said, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. This is just another reason. Another reason why we have to change the way we think and feel about sickness and healing, because the world says to quarantine yourself if you're sick. The instructions here in James 5 said to call for the elders of the church. That means you're not quarantining yourself. You're bringing people (laughs) into where you are because you need to be healed. So they, the elders in faith, can pray over you and anoint you with oil. So there's some touching so that you can be healed. Yet we always do what we are taught by the world, by our parents, by doctors. Stay away. Isolate yourself. Don't go there. Understand something. Just because you are afraid of infecting someone does not mean that the elders have that same fear. Because see, I don't care what attack your vessel is under. You can call me, (laughs) and I will come to you. When we was in North Carolina, when we was in North Carolina um, at Curry Blake. um, divine technician training, he gave a testimony about a man who, um, he had some type of, um, I guess, flesh-eating bacteria ate a hole in his face. And he was on his deathbed with that. And they called him to come and pray over him to heal him. And Curry Blake said, you know, as disgusting as that, look, he didn't care because this man needs to be healed. And he said he stuck his hand up in that man's face like he said the hole you could see through the other side. (laughs) Just He said all the gooey (laughs) nastiness, he stuck his hand in it and he prayed for that man. He did what he did and he left. They let him know that the man's flesh start to heal and grow back. The muscles his face to start to close Amen. so you can't be afraid to touch that which looks nasty or um, what's the word um, yeah contagious contagious you can't be afraid you have to do what you are given the power and authority to do what you are equipped to do so with that being said my brothers and sisters When you're sick and you don't feel well enough to come out your home, call the elders of the church so they could come to you. Don't deal with it alone. Amen. Amen. (laughs) So now I'm going to go to um, sacred cows and traditions of men. So we as children of God, when we have spiritual problems, we go to our father. When we have emotional problems, we go to our father. Mental problems, we go to our father. Financial problems, he's Jehovah Jireh. (laughs) Yet, when we come down with a cough, who do we call our PCP? (laughs) We call our PCP to be seen and examined. Why is that? Why is it that the same faith that we came to him for, all these other things, we don't have that same faith when it comes to sickness? The traditions of men teach us to go to a doctor or a hospital if you're sick or dying. At best, we may have that one apple a day to keep the doctor away, or we'll put together a home remedy, natural stuff. The most common and normal thing we would do is uh, take some over-the-counter medicine to deal with it or whatever the issue may be. So I want to talk a little bit about tradition. Did I have that up there? Tradition. In a Hebrew, means to take, receive, be before, to show oppositeness, to correspond, receive one to the other. In a Greek tradition means given up, given over, of the body of precepts, especially rituals, which, in the opinion of the latter Jews, were orally delivered by Moses. You're talking about traditions here, and orally transmitted in unbroken succession to generations, which precepts, both illustrating and expanding the written law. So they was adding to God's commands. and as they did they were obeyed with equal reverence. So what they were doing, say you have the Ten commandments, they added an extra 15 to it and the extra 15 that they added was of equal importance as the 10. <laughs> so it is the tradition of men that makes the word of God of no effect. Man's traditions nullify the word of God. Jesus said that? Yes, he did. That's coming from Jesus, not me. Mark chapter 7, verse 8 through 13. It says, you have let go of the commandments of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, Jesus continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commandments of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that that what might have been used to help their father or mother is corban, which means devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their mother or father. Thus, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. And you do many things like that. Nullify in the Greek means make to no effect, invalidate, which means to render, void, deprive of force and authority. So when we take the things that we are taught by our parents, grandparents, family, friends, television, teachers, whatever, and we equate that to God, and his commands, and what he, what he said for us to do, we can make what he said to no effect if we honor those traditions over his word. Yes. So for example, I'm going to use um, this uh, um, demonstration, the word of God versus medicine. Now, I'm not against medicine. However, I just choose. <laughs> the word of God over it. So, you have a, a migraine and you've been praying over yourself, and the pain becomes unbearable like it's just killing you. Ah, pain. And so, you start praying in the spirit. You start praying in the spirit, start saying your scriptures, confessing, all that stuff. And while you're praying and thanking God for your healing, you go in the medicine cabinet and grab you some Titanol. But you continue praying. After 30 minutes of praying and praising God, the pain is gone, and you give a hallelujah, thank you Jesus. <laughs> but which came through for you? Which is the titanol? Or was it your faith? The first time you give your testimony will let you know. Let's say right after that, a loved one a friend whatever, called and check in on you, and they asked, "How are you doing?" And you say, oh, I'm good now that this, this migraine is gone thanks to. Did you tell them about the titan off 500 you took? <laughs> or do you tell them about the, the power of God? Who truly gets the glory here? <laughs> so we need to get to the point where Jesus is your only option. If he can't heal you, no one can. Nothing can. Do away with the options the enemy set before you. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not physical. It's not of this world. Sickness is a warfare of the kingdom of darkness. Healing is a warfare of the kingdom of God. Neither are carnal. We can't see sickness. We see the effect that it has on the spirit, soul, and body, but we can't actually see it. We can't see healing, but we see the effects thereof. You don't have COVID. You can say You don't have COVID. You don't have the sickness. Sickness has you. The enemy came with an attack, and now you are held captive. You need to be set free. This is spiritual warfare. You don't have... The sickness or disease or the infirmity it has you, and Jesus says that I come to set the captives free. And how was He doing that? He was going around healing all manners of sickness and disease, setting those who was captive by it free. He also said, "I come to destroy the works of the enemy." Doing so, set us free. Hmm. Ungodly beliefs. So, what are some ungodly beliefs that has been handed down? to us, making the word of God of no effect. We have traditions of men, we have superstitions, we have sacred cows. Superstition, in the Hebrew, means influence, divination. To practice divination, divine, observe signs. Practice fortune-telling, take as an omen. We're talking about good luck, bad luck. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 6 says, You, Lord, have abandoned your people. The descendants of Jacob, they are full of superstitions from the east. They practice divination like the Finistines, Finistines, and embrace pagan customs. So think about those superstitions that you still hold on to and you actually still practice. Probably not even knowing that you do, because it's so deeply rooted within us. For example, we have... Knocking on the wood. How many people still knock on that wood? <laughs> we knock on wood to receive good luck or not to receive bad luck. And it can happen just so easily because it's just been put there in us. You could be like, oh, man, I got an interview coming up. Whew. Hope I get it. <laughs> or, oh, man, Timothy got fired today. Whew. Hope I don't get fired. Knocked on that wood. But what about what the Father said over you, the blessings that he gave you? He blessed you with that job, right? So what makes you think you're going to lose it? And then we're looking at, um, I'm not going to go through all of them. <laughs> I don't know if anybody heard about breaking a break mirror. You break a mirror, that's 10 years of bad luck, unless you bury it face, face down. It's the this stuff that we believe, right? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I was raised. My father was deep in superstition, man. I couldn't wait to get out the house, because I didn't want to believe that no more. But unfortunately, we got to honor those things, right? We're living on their house. gotta. Believe. My dad was big on the black eyed peas, faithfully cooked them black eyed peas every year to get that good luck. Greens for money. <laughs> Substitute, and it's just so stupid. Substitute for the greens. You got the greens, you at least have something in your pocket. Couldn't wait to leave the house (laughs) Some of this stuff could be just embarrassing Especially when you're around people (laughs) But um, anyway I tell you the truth Because I was Raised to be superstitious Of course That wasn't a Uh, terminology that was spoken but you learned that's what it was and so the enemy knows that he can't get me with these with peas and breaking mirrors all this stuff but there's this one the one little thing that still lingers from year to year around New Year's and that's that having money this year (laughs) same thing he came whispering And he was like, I hope you got some money in your wallet. You're going to be broke this year if you don't. You're going to be struggling again this year if you don't. And I'm like, I think I got a dollar in my wallet. (laughs) I know I got some change in in my wallet. (laughs) But then instantly, I'm like, Jesus. Father, you provide. I said, shut up. <laughs> I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. The Father provides. I will not struggle this year because I don't have something right now. It doesn't matter. Wow. I am blessed coming in and going out. I just start confessing that stuff. I'm like, this is not my year. <laughs> but when stuff's just been so deeply rooted in you, he this, does she still believe this? You're going to be broke. Yeah. <laughs> Glad I moved out of my father's house. I love him so much, though. But when I moved out, I immediately stopped believing in saying, black cat, I ain't trying to turn around. <laughs> I ain't going to get bad luck because I just crossed this path like that. Anyway, so sacred cows. Sacred cows. So the definition to a sacred cow coming from Curry Blake. He said a sacred cow is a belief or tradition that is held regardless of truth. One that keeps people in bondage. It allows sickness and disease and death to be accepted. So I will do a teaching on sacred cows to go deeper into that. But the one I am going to touch on tonight is very common amongst Christians. It's very common amongst Christians. And this one is, it is the will of God that I have this sickness and disease. He will heal me when he is ready. Until then, I must endure and stay strong in the Lord. (laughs) So you are self your sickness and disease until God is ready to heal you. The question is, when is that? When is he ready to heal you? Let's look at the woman with the issue of blood. This woman was bleeding for 12 years straight. Now, from a natural standpoint, you would think that nobody thought to tell her about this phenomenon that happened in women called a menstrual cycle. (laughs) It's going to happen for a while, lady. But she said that it was an issue of blood, because otherwise those physicians really did take advantage of her. (laughs) They couldn't stop it. Well, they can now, but they couldn't then. (laughs) So according to Scripture, she had an issue of blood. Now, if this sacred cow was true, can you imagine how this situation would have gone for her? The woman came to Jesus, touched the hem of his garment. Nothing happened. Jesus turned around and asked her, or asked, who touched me? She said it was her. It was I, Lord. He asked why. She said, well, I have this issue of blood for 12 years. No physician was able to help me. (laughs) And I believe that if I just touched the hem of your garment, I would be healed. Jesus said, great faith do you have, daughter. Unfortunately, it is not your time to be healed. Father's will and all. You got another eight years with that issue. But keep your faith strong and continue to endure. Your day will come. I won't be here for you to touch my hem again. However, you can step in Peter's shadow or have Paul bless a towel or something. Can you imagine the kinds of messages or teachings that would have came from that if indeed that's how her situation went because it wasn't her time to be healed? My question is, who told you that? Father has been ready to heal you. Do you know how long he's been waiting? Since before the foundation of the world, it is written that the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Father knew then that you would be sick. He was ready to heal you before he began creating. Your healing was all part of the plan. But some people may say, you know, everybody's situation at the same is different. So what does the scripture have to say? Luke 4, chap- Luke chapter 4, verse 40. It says, "When the sun was setting, all those who had anyone sick with various diseases brought them to him, him, Jesus. And he laid his hands on each one of them and healed them. I'm sure their situations were not the same. Matthew chapter four, verse 24. then the news about him spread throughout Syria, Syria. So they brought to him all those who were afflicted all those suffering from various diseases and intense pains all those who are demonized or are possessed with demons all the epileptics all the paralytics and he healed them Matthew 12 verse 15 says Jesus was aware of this and withdrew large crowds followed him and he healed them all can you imagine if he was in a crowd saying, not you, not you, not yet, tomorrow, three years, right now, not you, five minutes, get to you. <laughs> if it was based on a timing thing. Matthew 6, verse 4 through 6. This one, a lot of pastors take and run with. Um, You may have heard, you know, Jesus couldn't perform a miracle here. But it it says, Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town. Among those, among his relatives and and in his household. He was not able to do a miracle there except, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them so those he laid his hands on he healed them it's not that he couldn't do any type of healing he did he was amazed at their unbelief he was going around the villages teaching so those who he could not heal because they had unbelief like 100 and most likely walked away But those who stayed and allowed him to lay his hands on, he healed all of them. So we can't say that there was some type of limitation to Jesus' power. There's no limitation to Jesus' power and authority to the word of God. There's no limitation to it. It does not fail. So I say, kill that cow. And receive your healing right now. If that's something you've been leaving, that you have to endure, that your time will come, it's not right now, take a stand right now and receive your healing right where you are. Go ahead and break agreement with that, rebuke it, reject it, and receive your healing right now. How we look as a community? Colossians chapter 2, this is my last scripture, Colossians chapter 2, 6 through 9, and it reads, and now Jesus, and now just as you accepted Jesus, sorry, Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him then your faith will grow strong in truth. In the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking or traditions of men and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ live all the fullness of God in a human body. When we put away that mindset that was built on the traditions that has been passed down from our families, when we put away the ungodly beliefs that were installed into us by false teaching and fear that caused us to make these ungodly beliefs become so sacred to us, when we come to the fullness of repentance, we will never have to accept sickness and disease Ever again as if it is a normal part of life that was true pertaining to the life that we gave up the one that christ took and and gave us his life it was true to that life the old man's life it is not normal and acceptable in heaven then don't expect it to be normal and acceptable in your life here in the earth we are in christ now Therefore, we have divine health. Amen. Amen. That will conclude my teaching. Do we have time for this? We do? Yes? Okay. (laughs) So I will be doing a um, healing demonstration, a prophetic demonstration. But first, (laughs) thank you. But first, I want to touch a little bit on reconciliation. Do I have that up there? I was doing a lot of updates and changing in the last minute, Holy Spirit led. and Because I wasn't going to do this. Literally, I was not going to do this. I was going to end it there until the apostle said that I could. And then, as you know, this idea came to my mind. I'm like, oh, okay. You don't have it? Okay, so um, reconciliation. In a Greek, it means as change or adjustment of a difference, restoration to favor. The The root word of it is reconcile, which means to change, exchange, as coins for another of equivalent value. This word in the Greek is made of two words. And of course, I'm not going to pronounce this right, because it's Greek. (laughs) But the first word is kata, which means down from, throughout, daily. And the second word is alaso, which means to change, to exchange one thing for another, transform. So seeing that we are a three-part being, we are a spirit, given a soul, placed into a body, vessel. The father had to reconcile all three parts unto him. He just didn't stop at the spirit. He didn't even stop at the soul. He did all three. So he reconciled the spirit through salvation. He reconciles the soul through deliverance. He reconciles the body through healing. This is being done daily. Reconciliation is something that we have to live out. This is what it means to be made whole. Just because you're saved or reconciled at the spirit level, and you're not at the soul or body, you're not made whole. That's something in part. Something is missing. So he has to reconcile the whole creation that he created. All three parts must be saved and made new. We are healed from the inside out. Every day we are making an exchange with Jesus Christ. We're giving him something that we don't want, that we shouldn't have, and he's taking it, and he's giving us what we do want and what we're supposed to have. Psalms 55, verse 22 says, Cast your burdens on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Reconciliation will continue to happen until Christ is formed in you. So the demonstration I have, um, I was going to have you to write it down, but you don't have to write it down. I want you to think of whatever burden, whatever sickness that you are dealing with, having it in your mind because you're going to give it to Jesus tonight in exchange for what he has for you. And we're going to let Jesus reconcile that situation. So we're going to do an exchange tonight.